Hello and welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain and Logistics podcast. I am your host, Rado Palamario, Global Logistics and Supply Chain Practice Head for Morgan Phillips Executive Search. Specializing in board level and executive recruitment across the region, my job is also to connect you with global experts, thought leaders, executives and entrepreneurs in all things supply chain. This is episode 14 and it is our pleasure to have with us Eric Chong. Eric is the co-founder and CMO of Park and Parcel, a Singapore-based logistics startup on the National University of Singapore Enterprise Portfolio, providing solutions to enhance the current last mile fulfillment ecosystem. Our main, the, their main focus is to provide online shoppers an innovative way to collect parcels in a hassle-free manner by directing their online purchases to nearby neighbors or neighborhood stores. Since its launch in 2017, Park and Parcels has successfully built a network of collection points with over 1,500 parkers island-wide in Singapore. They are currently working with partners such as DHL, Carousel, Airfall, Aramex to provide e-commerce platform and logistics companies from facing re-delivery and making their delivery much more efficient and cost-saving. Eric is heading the company's business partnerships such as collaboration, marketing and public relations and beyond his finance specialist degree from University College of Dublin as well as his investment banking background, He's an entrepreneurial soul and an innovator with a passion to leverage on technology to enrich modern lives. Prior to Park and Parcel, he has started several businesses in the hospitality, F&B, e-commerce and e-commerce sector with a strong belief in the lean startup methodology. Eric, welcome and it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Hi everyone, um, I'm Eric Chong, co-founder of Park and Parcel. My pleasure to be on the broadcast today. Super. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit, uh, Eric, about the story of how and why you started Park and Parcel. Sure. Um, actually, it starts from a personal pain point. I like to shop online, but then when it comes to parcel collection, uh, it's always a hassle because no one is at home to receive it. Um, but then I realized uh, my girlfriend who shop more than me doesn't have such issue. So actually, I asked her, what's the solution? And she told me her solution is a very simple one. Uh, instead of delivering to our house, he actually put the delivery point as her auntie address, who stays three blocks away from us, and is a housewife always at home. So that actually gave me an idea. What if everyone is like her, have an auntie or a nearby uh, convenience store to be become a collection point? It's, it's much convenient when after work, I can just pass by the block or even a convenience shop to do a pickup. And uh, actually, we want to... Um, create a hassle-free experience, you know, rather than, you know, shopping online, but when it comes to collection, it's always a hassle of re-delivery or even go to a post office, which uh, require to queue up, join long queue and closes early on the weekdays. So that's how the idea of Pie and Parcel is being born. Mm, yeah. So your girlfriend is the ignition point of... It's the inspiration. Of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then from there, we actually uh, kind of uh, modify and validate our platform. Uh, when we first started, we actually just look at residential because of uh, the, the inspiration. But we realized actually uh, most of our consumers prefer commercial because commercial have uh, longer operating hours and it's more centralized where, where I'm talking about shopping malls, cafe, where you visit in the weekends. So mm. that's how the model tweak. Now we have both residential and commercial spaces. Mm. So it expanded over yes. yeah, as a natural progression. Yes, a natural progression. Mm. Yeah. Um, And and we got this very interesting question uh, from uh, from Raymond uh, Gillon, who's actually uh, a co-founder of a, another interesting startup in in um, Malaysia, and and he was he was talking a little bit about the, the fact that the business model of Park and Parcel looks like a interesting concept because it's a true sharing economy model. Um, 
and and obviously uh, people in the neighborhood or people in commercial uh, places like you said take care of the last meter but he his question is how are you managing service levels with these individuals given the fact that they won't they could or may not be at home and available 24/7 basically his uh, his uh, concern was that if i come and collect my package the parker might be out for school might be out for groceries etc how how would you mitigate that understand uh, so at our platform uh, when you just enter the postal code you will be able to see who are the nearby parkers that stay near you or where you want to collect from and from there they actually will have a indication timing from when to when they are available so before even you book you already know what are the operating hours that give you certainty uh, as well after you place an order with us you will have actually the contact number of the parkers so that there's actually flexible uh, communication at the offline uh, part as well. Mm, so you yeah. can you can you can basically communicate with them exactly. and, and, and arrange between the two of them. Yeah. Okay. So in fact, some of our parker who are very motivated, they actually do uh, SMSs or even call to the recipient as well yes. to make sure that are you coming down to collect or when are you coming down. I mean, these are similar approach like Airbnb where you have the context of the, the, the tenant and then you do the uh, communication mm. offline. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. So, yeah. And how about, uh, how about security? Because obviously, um, you know, uh, the concept has a great potential to become very successful, but then a parker may have thousands of dollars of, uh, of <laughs> valuable products in his or her house. Yep. How do you do, how yep. you so, do, you do with that? So uh, we actually have a very strict curation parker process. Um, everyone that actually registered online will require to upload their ID, which have their details and also their address, proof of address. And at the same time, uh, our customer service will do a lot of due diligence calls as well to actually educate the new parker about what are the roles and responsibility. At the same time, we send test parcel to their house to make sure that they complete the whole flow. So this, number one, we actually have a very strict curation process to make sure that everyone know what are their jobs and responsibility in case of any damages or loss, uh, will be they will be affected because we actually have a review system on our platform. Mm-hmm. It's again similar like Airbnb. After mm-hmm. have a homestay, you can give review. So for ourselves, after our service, you can actually rate the parker by the feedback or the experience you have. So with that, we actually build social credit on our platform. Mm-hmm. That helps a lot. At the same time, uh, as a parker, when they receive or hand over a parker uh, of the parcel, they are required to take a picture of the parcel condition as well. Mm. Yeah, this is to actually prevent dispute. In any mm. case, you know, when after the recipient receive, after 24 hours, they say, hey, I, I got a damaged parcel. But based on, you know, the time stamping of a uh, photo taking, um, this actually helped us to uh, review the case of damages as well. Mm. But in any case, um, if it really is on our fault, we actually have a in-house uh, policy of $100 coverage, uh, which is quite pretty standard in, in the whole industry in Singapore as well. Yes, so yeah. it's kind of like an uh, industrial. Yeah, it's, kind it, of like... it's an industrial standard, uh, mm. hundred dollar per parcel. Uh, but we actually review on a case on case by case basis. We receive as a proof of purchase, and also as well as the parker's picture as a as a as a proof to to validate whether is there uh like real responsibility on our side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how we how we. So there's there's a there's a pretty there's a pretty yeah. uh, strict vetting process in place, which is uh, yes. reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. Um question from Christian uh, Christian Go um, and I think it's a question that a lot of uh, a lot of uh, startups as well as established companies are faced with uh, in today's uh, sharing model economy when do you know if it's time to acquire your own assets versus outsourcing them through delivery partners 
would a mix of both models be ideal? And, and how would you know if what's that right mix? Yeah, for us, uh, we definitely believe in the hybrid model where you own asset and actually outsource. Uh, but for now, uh, we are actually more asset-like strategy, uh, focus on platform-based, uh, gaining more traction. You know, uh, different country will have different strategy. I mean, in Singapore, um, the cost of you know uh, renting a space or even getting label is very expensive. Uh, you know, if for example we're ex- expanding to Hong Kong or even I mean into Bangkok, costs are actually much lower. We will consider having our own asset, having our own physical booth space at train station or even at the mall itself. Yeah, so I think a different country have different strategy. I would have a one size fit all kind yes. of strategy. But it's, it's actually very difficult. Also, the the the, the pricing and the the, exactly. the the models are the different. Exactly. Yeah. So in Singapore, for now, it's asset light and. That's, mm. that's our strategy for now. Lean and mean. Yeah. Lean and mean. Um, sharing economy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how, how is Park and Parcel taking advantage of the non-conventional means of delivery? Say the UAVs uh, or technologies like uh, artificial intelligence, like blockchain, uh, which can be a game changer in the last mile delivery. Yeah. Um, I, for now, the actually the whole logistic is uh, very fragmented. And... Uh, it's still a bread and mortar model now. Uh, so for us, I mean, uh, we believe in uh, adopting like technology like AI or even blockchain. In fact, uh, I'm actually studying and learning about blockchain as well. In fact, I'm going for a course like tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, so to learn about blockchain and how blockchain can be adopted in our business and how it can help. I mean, for example, I mean, the basic of a blockchain will be timestamping. You know, you can't change uh, the status of the parcel that's being handled. I think this is something that's very useful uh, for our business, I mean, across the whole supply chain, especially the supply chain has so many touching points from warehouse to, to the drivers, to the drivers, to the recipient, to the e-commerce. I mean, it's very useful. Um, but for now, I'm still learning as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a continuous journey, isn't yes. it? I mean, uh, exactly. it's, it's, it's important to keep yourself uh, exactly. open, but I think these things never, never uh, end really. Um, and I guess, I guess there's also the reality that, um, a lot of the top logistics companies are also rolling out similar functionalities in terms of delivery scheduler, in terms of uh, pickup points and, and so on. Um, a question from, from Yasir was, how many customers would be interested in paying extra $1.95? Uh, uh, I guess the, 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 the underlying question is, you know, uh, do you think that there's risks potentially in the, some of these bigger boys uh, changing and altering the, the business model and then putting you at, at risk? Yeah. So um, actually for us, we're actually trying to uh, solve the problem of re-delivery. So uh, we actually want to avoid and reduce reschedule of delivery because our key here is actually to promote the O2O model where you buy online and you pick up offline yourself. This is to actually in line with, you know, the, the, the trend or the of uh, this OMI channel where you drive traffic from online to offline, offline to back to online. Uh, so that's what we are, we are trying to do, you know. Uh, I think the key here is, again, Rather you wait at home for the parcel, now we provide convenience and certainty to let the parcel wait for you. So only when the parcel reach our collection point, you will be notified through an email or SMS to say that, hey, um, the parcel is here, you can kind of collect at your own convenience without uh, you know, worrying about when or where will the, the deliver be, the delivery man will be. Mm-hmm. So I think that is the, the key that we are trying to, to promote. In fact, um, in local base, uh, Lazada and Capital Land actually have rolled out this uh, O2O model 
where when you buy things from Lazada, mm. you can pick up at any of the malls. Mm, 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 yeah, I think this initiative are going to grow bigger, and I think that's the trend. Mm, mm, uh, I, I also mentioned, uh, you know, in UK, there's this company called Hermes. They are actually promoting customer to actually send it to their collection point rather than to the house. Mm, yeah, to create like a decentralized network. Yeah, and so so they can actually uh, consolidate orders, drop it at this collection point rather than going to hundred different doors delivering hundred deli- uh, parcels. Now they can go to one point, deliver 10, 20 parcels. So this is more like a decentralized uh, network that we are, we are looking at. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so, consolidated. And, and for our listeners uh, that, that are not uh, not in the region, uh, that are from uh, from different continents, because we have a lot of people tuning in from Europe, or so from South yeah. America, Lazada is the largest, it's part of Alibaba Group, and it's the largest Southeast uh, Asian e-commerce site. So it's a huge, they have huge numbers and huge... Uh, growth um and and it's a great example that you just mentioned and indeed uh, uh, it's it's almost like you're trying to make a postal service for e-commerce right yes. where the postal and it used to be national postal services some of them have gone private in the meantime but they were successful because you go to a block and you deliver i don't know how many letters yes. but if you have to only deliver one letter it doesn't make sense yes. the cost of that trip is very high yes so it's the same uh, it's the same uh, with the, the yes. world of e-commerce that is growing exponentially yeah. Um, how about uh, this question you've partly answered it but I'll, I'll ask it again because it's a slightly different angle mm-hmm. what is the performance commitment in terms of service and cost yeah so our cost is very straightforward uh, what we do our model is very simple we charge 195 for our services and we share a dollar with the collection point so it's a profit sharing model uh, we only pay on successful collection so uh, our parkers are very committed and they make sure that they complete their job before they get paid Mm. So uh, it's a 50 50 kind of a profit sharing. And for us, like I mentioned, there's not much cost as well because uh, if no one uses the service, we don't pay the parker. So there's no fixed cost. Uh, I, I know, like, for example, like um, the parcel lockers, it de- definitely have a sunk, sunk cost. To build one locker easily costs about 35,000 USD, which can hold up to 60 to 80 units. And that exclude rental, maintenance fee, and updating of the software. But for us, it's purely on demand. Yep, so that's the, the main difference. Yeah, yep, which is yep. a huge, I mean, if you yep. think about it, 35000 for one point uh, yes. of collection is just uh, incredibly expensive. Yes, yes. Incredibly expensive. yes. And yes. then the utilization uh, of the asset uh, problem is, is not easy to solve at all. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, talking a little bit about, uh, about people, about culture, about obviously uh, it's a startup environment. It's a, it's a different vibe to your normal corporate, uh, corporate world. Tell us a little bit about the culture of Park and Parcel. How is it working? Uh, how is sure, it working? sure. Um, for us, we run a small team uh, of eight. Um, basically, we don't have any hierarchy. Or, um, there's a lot of freedom where we actually do a lot of sharing, a lot of discussion, uh, how to provide new solution and how to overcome roadblocks. I mean, it's really different from corporate. Uh, I previously was from corporate, so I understand what's the, the huge difference. So when I started this startup, I, I told myself, uh, there's no micromanagement, there's no uh, hierarchy. Everybody is a team member. Everybody contribute. Every everyone has their weakness and strength to, to to contribute as well. So I think it's a very easy going culture. And in fact, I think uh, for startup, uh, the whole ecosystem uh, is very uh, collaboration friendly. You know, everybody is trying to help with, with each another. Whether you have direct or no direct synergy of, of product, but everyone trying to do cross marketing to help to reach out to the crowd, gaining traction. I think that's 
something that is really really different for for corporate. I mean, from from yeah. uh, from a startup perspective, everybody's in sales, right? I mean, Every, yeah, everybody is in sales. Everybody is open. Basically, I think the key is open. Uh, no, there will not be department ties. You no, know, where I'm, I'm from, I'm from the sales. You are, you're from the back office. No, everyone is very uh collaborative and sharing. You know, like for example, for us, we we just secure a, a, a seat round for a VC. I, I mean, I'm very willing to introduce to neighbor startups as well who are also looking for funding. I mean, there's no uh closed door secret sauce. It's it's an open kind of uh, environment. Mm. Yeah, and typically in this type of uh, openness uh, gets all everybody to benefit and and just for our listeners also the 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 environment here at block 71 is uh, is extremely conducive for for openness there's a lot of startups there's a there's a nice vibe right yes. energy you can learn from other startups that yes. are here as well and it's exactly. sometimes the the, the cross pollinization of ideas even from startups that are operating in different industries is incredibly powerful right in terms of exactly up with i mean give you a few sample a uh, few example uh, for example there's two three startups over here we actually do uh, provide service for them for the collection point as well because they do see the, the model of old, old model is picking up and it's much cheaper as well mm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so. super um Tell us a little bit about your the team, the team of co-founders. How did you find each other? Uh, you know, how, yeah. how, how did it okay. come So it's, a, it's a quite a long history. We know each other for almost uh, seven years. So basically, we are not a new team. We actually started uh, working together in the financial industry as an equity dealer uh, for five years. And then uh, we, after that, we actually ventured out into running a budget hostel, a backpackers hostel in Singapore. Wow. Yeah, so... Uh, from there, we actually did learn as well. Uh, we, we don't want to do something uh, asset-heavy, high-capex. That's the reason when we started by... <laughs> yeah, 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 we, we learned the hard way. way. <laughs> we learned the hard way. But uh, we are lucky enough that uh, we actually built up the occupancy, uh, revamped the, the, the whole hostel and sold it to a listed company at a slight margin. With that, uh, we decided to shift to a new business and then, uh, yeah, asset light basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. From, yeah. from the case that we, we... From our previous venture, it gave us a lot of hard work. Uh, in fact, uh, our three co-founders did like toilet washing, changing of bed sheet, um, you know, being the receptionist. You know, because our reception is 24 hours, so we have to take shift as well. So I think a lot of hard work, a lot of uh, KPEX, a lot of uh, human resource, I would say. A school of hard knocks, isn't it? So, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, the best, it's the best school in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yes, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, obviously, you don't come from uh, from logistics. You don't come from last mile. You don't come from e-commerce. Your 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 background has been uh, finance equity. Yes. How did you learn about the the industry? Um, to me, startup is all about uh constant learning, pivoting, and also about innovating. So um, we even though we are not from the industry, we actually learn. So um, my key my key takeaway is actually don't be afraid to pitch. You know, when you f- you see uh, 3PLs or big players, just pitch to them about your idea and they will actually um, give you feedback and comment about your ideas. That's from where you can learn. You know, for example, like we know what are the missed parcel rate in Singapore. It's about 30%. This is how, how, we, how we validate is actually through talking to the different uh, stakeholders in the ecosystem. I think uh, it's all about constant learning. Uh, doesn't, I mean, with the background of logistics, definitely give us advantage, but it can be it can be uh, learned along the way when you when when you actually pitch to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's all about you know pitching and learning along the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
And and how did you? I mean, how did you? A little bit. Uh, this question is just popping up in my mind. Um, how did you decide, having been in the business of, of hostel, running a hostel? How did you decide that this is the most, I don't know, if profitable or highest yielding return yeah. business yeah. that you want to yeah. do? Yeah. Actually, it all depends on opportunity. Like how by buzz. Parcel started is actually an opportunity, an idea, you know, inspired by my, my girlfriend. But for the hostel, is again opportunity because uh, we managed to meet the owner of the hostel who is actually uh, running the business badly. You know, when we take over, the, the occupancy was only 30%. And uh, there's a lot of uh, complaints on the feedback uh, on this, uh, like on a platform, hotel platform, like hotel.com, Trivago, etc. But from there, we learned, you know, and then we decided, you know, we saw this as opportunity. What if we can bring it up to 80%, we can list it on Airbnb instead of hotel.com because when a hostel owner compete with an individual landlord, we actually definitely have an advantage because of services and uh, how we manage the, the, the property as well. So I think it's really about opportunity. And uh, of course, we need to do some research about uh, is there any way we can improve the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you saw the opportunity in this. We saw the opportunity. Uh, reverse right. logistics. Uh, right. Right. And definitely we did we did the math as well because when we when we took over we actually negotiate with the landlord as well mm-hmm. for the rental mm-hmm. because it doesn't justify. I mean, with the continued high rental, I told the previous owner we are good. We are not be be profitable. Mm-hmm. Then what what's the point of me coming aboard to to actually turn around the the the, the business? So we managed to talk to the landlord, reduce the price. And that's where we see some lights yes, in the business. Yes. Yeah. So the, the key, and, and it's the same I, I imagine when you started Park & Parcel, the key is uh, also look at the numbers, know your numbers, yes. know your finances, do some, um, do some thorough uh, investigation yes. into that and make sure that it makes, uh, it yes. makes sense yes. from a maths perspective. Correct. I think that's the basic due diligence before even you do a startup. You need to know who are your competitors. Is that similar product? What's the market size? Uh, is that opportunity? Yeah, so that's that's the 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 due diligence part, you know, the paper. Yeah, yeah, the research. But with that research, you need to validate by using action as well. You need to build MVP, like video website to launch it out to let people try and comment. Don't mm. be shy, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and since uh, since we're at it, MVP, uh, minimum viable product, product yes. uh, which is a term used in the lean startup yep. methodology, and it's a, it's a, it's become very famous. Tell us a little bit, because I think it's a good story, and you shared with me offline. How did you How did you do that? How did you do those permutations for parking parcels? How did you do those MVPs? Yeah, so we did it the hard way again. <laughs> so uh, we launched it in the uh, northeast area at the start. We, when we launched, we cannot be doing island wide because when we first started, we there's only three co-founders. Uh, our resources are very limited. Our time are very limited. So we actually decided to test bait by running a small area in the northeast. Uh, in Singapore, we call it Pongo and Singkang. It's a novice area where it's actually clustered with a lot of young family, young adults, which do a lot of online shopping and are PMETs who are working most of the time. PMETs, professional managers, executive and technician. Mm-hmm. So basically, they can shop, they have the spending power, but they are always not at home. Yes. Yes. So that's actually to our advantage because with that, uh, we targeted the, the customer we want and we'll need this service. Yeah. So I think, first of all, launch it small and lean and do some research on where you want to start first. That will give you a very uh, advantageous uh, kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah. from there, from there, that, that was successful and then you, you yeah. So you we, pivot we, or what so was did, the next step so, from So that? we did door knocking, you know, from block mm-hmm. to block, mm-hmm. you know, with three co-founders, you know, to knock and 
educate uh, you know the housewife or the convenience store say hey you know why not join us as a collection point get to earn one dollar per parcel uh, without inter- interfering your lifestyle or without interfering your business you know it's just an add-on service and actually that drive traffic to your shops so I think uh, it's the hard way you do door knocking yeah block by block uh, that's that's how, how we, we get this uh, hundred collection point on board at the initial start yes yeah yes. but because of word of mouth again you know it's spread quite fast and rapidly because everybody was saying, you know what, why not we just do a, a, a collection point job? It's passive income and it's easy and it's really uh, convenient. It's, it's not like a hard job where I have to drive passenger A to B. It's just staying at home, collect, hand over and make sure everything is proper. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so that, that validated your idea and from there onwards you could... Uh, Correct. Correct. But it's not easy, I would say. It's not easy uh, because... Especially when you launch a new product, um, people are very afraid. Fear is the factor. Yeah, fear is the huge factor. Mm. Yeah, but you just need consistent education and persistence to educate them. Mm. And also, yeah. I mean, I guess your 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 presence and the fact that you're in front of the door and I mean, uh, you 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 being there gives them some peace of mind or not, yeah. right? In yeah, terms yeah, of having yeah. that trust that okay, yes, guys, exactly. uh, I mean, it's a, it's no risk for you. you yeah, nobody's yeah. gonna come knocking yeah, and yeah. and budging on your house. Sure. <laughs> just want to share one very interesting experience during the door knocking uh, one of the neighbors actually asked why are you co-founders uh, doing the dirty job I shared with him if I don't do the dirty job I will not know what are the questions that are being posed by you guys you know with that I, I'm unable to actually educate my staff to actually bring bring that across Yeah, so I have to be you know putting up my sleeve to do the work first before I know what's the problem Mm. Yeah, I mean that day was very uh, kind of a mixed feeling. It's a bit demoralizing, but kind of a uh, uh, motivate me as well because I feel that if I'm not there, I will not know what's the problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So that's a very interesting and a very mixed feeling day mm-hmm. with the three co-founders as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's 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 it's, yeah. uh, it's funny what what you just uh, shared triggered the the memory. Uh, I think at some point uh, Anthony Tan, who's the CEO of Gram. Oh, yeah. Um, and basically, I, I know that he was sharing a story uh, at some point of how when they launched Grab, I think there were three as well, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they were talking and they were going to all the taxi drivers in Malaysia back then uh, and talking talking to them. And, 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 and where did they go? They go at uh, the place where the, the taxi drivers were having teh, yes. teh tarik yes, or, 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 yes. or tea, right? Yeah. So, so they were going there during the break, during the shifts, and then they would take feedback. Okay, how can we make this app better and how can we do it? It's always about, isn't it? It's always about the, the, the hard work. It's always about being very close to your, uh, to your target audience yes. and understanding what exactly, exactly. they need. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that's that's the, the, the bottom-up approach, definitely. You, know, mm-hmm. you need to do that b- before you can really come up with the, the true product that the market really wants. Yes, yes. I mean, unless you have the luxury of having uh, two, two, three, four spare millions in your bank account and then you can hire I don't of know course. an army of people you, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you cannot do that yeah, yeah. Um, and talking about hiring people and now you're, you're eight and it's an, I think it's an interesting journey uh, you've expanded uh, you will continue to expand but it's a, it's a critical point because expanding the team past the co-founders is, is, uh, is again I mean a startup has a lot of different critical points uh, in terms of their growth but this is, this is one of them how did you select the people that that, that came on board and, and joined the team? Yeah, I think uh, we need a hungry and driven individual to be on our team because as a startup, we don't have the luxury, the three, four million to hire a specific role. You know, for example, like my customer service team, they do actually marketing as well. 
uh, if they, they are unsure about the marketing strategy that's adopted or how to do design, we will actually uh, educate them to do a self-learning as well. So this can actually help to grow the team. Mm. So basically, uh, in short, it's taking up multiple roles mm -hmm. as a member. You can't be just fixated like say, I'm just doing customer service. I'm not interested in doing marketing. And if that's the case, then we will not hire. So we need to be uh, driven and hungry individuals. And then, uh, like I mentioned, you no know, startup is different from corporate. You know, a corporate is where you apply your special skills or your very specific skill sets. But in startup, you you, you apply everything. You learn. You actually uh, apply to like design, you no know, customers, everything. I would say, yeah. Like what I mentioned, I was not from a logistic background, but I learned. Yeah, I talk to people. Uh, I have to pick up some skills as well along the way. Mm. Uh, and as well as a very um as an employee or as a, a team member of the, the startup, you need to take initiative as well because we have no time for micromanage. Whether are you late or... So we give a lot of freedom. You know, we don't have a fixed working hours. Yeah, so as long as you complete your job, very uh, job-oriented, that's the key. Yeah, you mm. need to complete. For example, like I said, to, today is a deadline. We need to complete this design. Yes, you need to be completed by today. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I don't care what time is it, but yes, today is mm. the time. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, something that we look for in, in, in each member. And so far, I'm lucky enough to have such members. They, they are committed. Uh, in fact, I, I don't like to give timeline to my members as well. Like say, uh, when to complete. I would rather they give me the timeline as well. Because this is a goal that you set by yourself rather than set by me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's how, how we approach and how we are looking for individuals that, are, that have such attributes. Mm -hmm. yep, yep, yep. Correct. Um, and, and let me ask you this because I think also our interactions and obviously we we, we mostly uh, deal with uh, with executives and we mostly deal with very senior people within established corporates but it's not uncommon and and especially after a career of 20 to 30 years some of these guys at uh, some of these uh, this this people at the board level or at the c level they feel like i feel like i would want to do a startup or i feel like i would now uh, want to contribute to uh, to to, the, to that type of an environment yeah uh, but they are at the stage where they have made enough money. Yeah. They have, they're financially secure. I'm just curious, asking you uh, and looking back, and you've come from the, uh, the financial uh, part, looking back at, at, at your career, if you want to call it, or trajectory, yeah. uh, do you think it would have been, and it might sound weird, the question, but it's a, diff mm. uh, it's a different angle. Do you think it would have been weird and you would have made more money had you stayed with your corporate job? Or is it better that you, you moved and you've, you've had this journey of entrepreneurship? Yep. If you want to be safe, stay in the corporate. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my advice. Uh, I definitely earn much lesser. I have a very huge pay cut uh, from what I'm doing. But uh, the, the achievement that, 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 cannot, be, that can be, cannot be driven by, by money, uh, financial, uh, is very different from, from a, a corporate and a startup. Right, as a startup, I'm very happy or very contented when I see people use my service. Along, along, uh, along the street, you know, or I see, uh, you know, because at every collection point, we do have this uh, decal on, on, on the shop itself. It's a, a bit like, you know, delivery rule and grab. So identify which are your collection point. When, when I am walking around the street down, downtown, you know, I see those uh, collection point. I, I felt very uh, motivated. Proud. Yeah, proud, mm -hmm. you know, really proud. You know, like say, hey, you know, I, I see my brand mm -hmm. everywhere. So actually, that's the different kind of uh, happiness, I would say. Of course, as a corporate world, you know, you climb up the corporate ladder, definitely uh, salary-wise or, 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 or... Perks. Perks. Business much class. Yeah, yeah, business class. There's no... There's no uh, for for startup, there's no this uh, business class. There's no uh, kind of like uh, luxury. Yeah, yeah, it's all about heavy lifting. Uh, 
uh, jobs. Yes. Yep. So it's really, really different. Uh, but it's very, very tiring as well. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. So you're young. You're not married uh, yet, um, yet or? I'm married already. Are you married? Though? Yes. Right now. Okay, so, so yeah. You're... So, uh, but no kids. Kids. No kids yet. Yeah. If okay. you have kids, it's another startup. <laughs> so for def- now, def- yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think uh, we we had on the show Chan Wen, the the CEO of Ninja Ven, which is another very successful um, e-commerce last mile uh, startup, uh, which you, you know as well, uh, Eric. And and I think he was. Uh, when I asked him what what's a piece of advice, he he did say uh, don't get married. I think, <laughs> or definitely, if he didn't say don't get married, he said don't have kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It eats a lot of time. Yeah. Um, for the future, uh, Yasir, uh, one of our uh, fervent listeners, uh, he's asking what what kind of skill sets do you do you think uh, that 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 will be be required in this logistics e-commerce type of. Uh, as well as entrepreneurs, and yeah. what 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 skills would they need? I think the first one is the openness to actually work with startup. I think startup now is growing very rapidly. I think uh, you should be open to collaboration. I mean, um, you know, now 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 the world is really growing very rapidly with e-commerce coming up. You know, it's booming. I think now the world is about you know, uh, the, the, it's a network. It's no longer like individual. I I'm the monopolized of the of the logistics. I think it's really about openness. Uh, you know, for us, uh, we are given a chance to work with big corporates like Aramax, DHL. I think that's we we do see start we do see a uh, big corporates now open. We even have their own corporate VCs, have their own innovation lab as well. I think it's a very good initiative, but I think this has to be accelerated as well. Uh, secondly, I think uh, like I mentioned, you know, the technology like blockchain. I think it's going to be the next big thing, uh, in the whole of supply chain. Yep, so that's something that why I'm actually exploring. And, 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 and beyond supply chain, in banking, yes, in, definitely, in, our, in definitely. governments. In, in definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, supply chain, I think, is quite very relevant to, 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 to blockchain because, like I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of touching points you know, along the way. So um, this technology, I think, will be the next big thing mm-hmm. for, 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 for uh, the, the whole world. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, some more questions in terms of entrepreneurship. What what is entrepreneurship to you? Constant uh, innovating and pivoting, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, have a great ex- execution plan. Mm. Because uh, you know, there's many ideas, but when it comes to execution, there's a lack of action. That's the, the problem. So, yes. Yeah. So I think innovation is about pivoting. You know, listen to feedback, look at data because number don't lie. Mm. Yeah. With that data, you actually uh you need to react to the data. Like I mentioned, you know, like um, uh, when we first started, it's just residential, but because of our data and the customer feedback, they actually want commercial uh, units in, the, in, in our network as well. That's why we actually expanded into, into a commercial purpose as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's, that's a very good example. And I think it's, a, it's another thing that uh, to, to our listeners who are, who are in a corporate role and, and, um, and looking maybe to to start something up, I think it's a, you made an excellent point, and 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 you gotta be open, you gotta listen to feedback, um, and 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 also, I mean, it's it's funny, and I've I've come across people that are that that that, that come and and hold their ideas very close to their hearts, you know, you yep. you, you talk to them, they almost want to sign an NDA non-disclosure yep, yep, agreement because agree, my idea agree. is so yes, exactly. revolutionary. But as you said, if it's not backed up by execution and action. You know, everybody has ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facebook, uh, yeah. you know, there were a lot of... Uh, actually, exactly. there, was, there was a Facebook, there was MySpace. Yeah. But, you know, Mark Zuckerberg managed to execute it <laughs> the best way. Uh, yes. Even if he has some problems in recent times. But yeah. uh, um, 
and he, he made it big, but all the other guys that came uh, with the idea didn't exactly. execute yes, exactly. It's just exactly. as good as nothing. So, yes, exactly. Good, good point. Um, what are some of the best pieces of advice that you've received throughout your journey as an yeah. entrepreneur? Like I mentioned, tell people why you exist, even if they don't ask. Mm. Yeah, like share your idea. Don't be shy. Uh, uh, don't be afraid of copycats. Don't be afraid of competition because what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So share your idea and uh, don't be afraid. Don't hold the idea very close to your heart. I mean, that will be very uh, isolated in your own world and it's just... It's just very closed door, you know. So just share, and then uh, you know, even share with your competitor. I mean, there's 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 uh no uh trade secret to be exact, you know. Um, you know, you just have to uh, keep upgrading yourself and be competitive. I think that's the the best advice I can I I receive so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we live and for startups as well as for uh, for bigger corporations. We uh, I think there's a term frenemy. Yeah, frenemy. Frenemy. Exactly. Frenemies, Frenemy. but depending on the context, Correct. depending on the market, depending on the angle, Correct. we can collaborate yes. as well as we can be competition. Correct. Exactly. Um, and, 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 and by being open and by, be, by having this attitude of, of openness, I think everybody can, can win, especially in the startup world where, uh, again, uh, maybe you can, like you, you, you gave some good examples with two other startups where you're helping them actually with their deliveries. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of collaboration. Um, the fact that somebody hears your idea, because this is, I mean, I'm just wanting to make this point because it's a common misperception, mis- yes. especially, it's especially prevalent yeah. with the people in the corporate world. If you stay too long in the corporate world, um, and I don't want to overgeneralize, but you think that, oh my God, my, my idea and it's so yeah. precious. Very and I defensive. Don't wanna, yeah. It's very defensive, right? Yes. But your idea is as good as nothing. And if you don't, if you do not yeah. do anything and yeah. if you haven't shared it with people, plus if you share it, you might get... Upgraded ideas, right? Yes, it's a chicken egg question. Yes, chicken yeah, question. correct. Yes, it's a chicken exactly. Um, uh, this this one is uh, we we like to ask this question just to to identify some uh, some traits or some habits yeah. that that you think contributes to to your success. What what's something that you do on a regular uh, basis? That I like to successful? I like to plan ahead uh, and prioritize outstanding issues. So every night before I sleep, actually I'll I'll have a mind like what I have to complete the next day. You know, from the hardest to the easiest, because probably by afternoon I need two, two, three cups of coffee. Yep. So I think, uh, you know, plan ahead is very important. Yeah. You know, every day at least I have a checklist like what I need to do the next day, so uh, at least I can you know uh, know that what I've completed, rather than it's like a wasted day for the next day. So I yes. think planning ahead is very, very important. Yes. Um. For example, I go for overseas trip. Uh, for business, I also actually have a checklist like what are the things that I want to KPIs that what I want to achieve. Like build uh, partnership contacts, uh, you know, these are things that uh, I every time set a milestone. Yeah, I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and and talk about milestones and, and planning ahead. And it's a question that I've been meaning to ask you. How do you see the growth of de- and development of park and parcels in, in in the next coming years? Sure. Uh, in Singapore alone, we are looking at actually expanding uh our network at least three times bigger, which is about five thousand. Uh, why 5,000? Because in Singapore, there's close to about 10,000 blocks uh, of uh, this public housing. With that, uh, we want to have at least every two blocks served by one collection point. So that's our plan in Singapore, uh, as well as uh, collaborating with more partners beyond Aramax and DHL uh, to be an open network. Then, of course, overseas is definitely in plan. Uh, we're looking at uh, mature cities with high density, good infrastructure, and booming e-commerce space. We are talking about Hong Kong. We are talking about uh, 
Bangkok to be specific, uh, we're looking at Japan. They're all uh, matured cities. Yep. Mm. So it's a bit different strategy like other startups that are looking at Indonesia, Philippines, and Southeast Asia. Um, this country will require more of the traditional logistics, you know, because they're talking about from one island to another island. Yeah, for us, we're looking at more matured uh, cities and a stable economy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and for you to be able to do that, what needs to happen? I mean, do you, are you looking uh, right now in terms of also maybe attracting interesting investors that might listen to this podcast? Yeah. What, what are you looking for in terms of your next stage of growth? Are you looking for more investors? Are you looking for more partners? What's the next uh, yeah. immediate steps? Immediate step will be more like partners because, uh, in fact, we just uh, secured our seed round uh, from this VC called Trife and a group of our angels investors. So I think funding is not the issue now, uh, but we're happy to have more. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but then now it's more on the priorities about an overseas partner that can help us. Uh, for example, I'm going to Bangkok uh, with uh, IE Singapore. It's actually a government entity that actually helps a local company to expand overseas. So with their help, um, I got connected to uh, big corporates like CP Group in Bangkok which they own a chain store of 7-Eleven. Wow. Yeah. So with that, it gives us an advantage. It, rather than, you know, the hard way, we build one by one now, we can go into overseas market with a bank with uh, 300, 400, yeah, 7 yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm very thankful that actually we have uh, the government entity as well to help us to link up because I believe if I do my door knocking myself or co email, I won't be there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's, I think... Uh, uh, one of the advantages that, that we have. Uh, so looking for partners or, you know, logistic players that think that our solutions fit into their strategy. Yes, for sure. Uh, we are open for like collaboration. Mm. Yep. Super. Yep. Um, if, uh, final question, if you could give some advice to somebody graduating university and wanting to start his own business, what would that be? Um, two things. Form a team. You know, form your Avengers. Mm. That's very important. Uh, because everyone can contribute their strength and cover their weakness. That's one. Uh, number two will be, again, like I mentioned, action bias, you know, stop talking about ideas and really executing. Yeah, it's really, um, execution is the key la, to, to, to success. Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean like Ninja Van, Chik Ching Wun, uh, he, he only sleep like less than four hours when he first started. I think that, that uh, actually inspired me as well to even work harder than him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, great, uh, great example. And I think that's uh, for for the people that don't know his uh, his story. Uh, that's what convinced Eduardo Severin. Uh, for you, uh, for those of you who, who who know Eduardo, he's the co-founder of Facebook. But he invested in Ninjavan because when he went to the office of Chen he saw the mattress there mattress, and he said, "Wow, yeah. this guy really works hard." Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, it's a point that you made, and it's a point that needs to be very clear. Uh, to a lot of people that uh, somehow uh, maybe think in an idealistic way about the world of startups that you you know you're, you you start something up and you become millionaire overnight <laughs> it's it's hard, hard work it's much yeah. much harder work than than most corporate jobs yes um, okay. with a lot less money in a lot of uh, a lot of uh, times a lot less perks with the satisfaction as you said that you see your product and you see your your baby grow and yes. it's a sense of pride Yep. Um, but if uh, if if you're looking for money and financial security, probably is yep. not the <laughs> is not the. But probably you can uh, join a startup in a later stage. I mean, yeah, stage. in a later stage for sure. Because uh, I believe when we grow bigger, uh, we do need corporate experts as well. I mean, uh, you know, for example, like Carousel has been growing so big, um, they are acquiring talents from different corporates as well. I think uh, 
really like different part of different growth. Stages yeah, different of- stages of growth. You need different uh, expertise as well as skill sets. I think that's... that's uh, actually, I mentioned to my team as well, if one day my company grows to a size of, of Facebook, I'm willing to step down. <laughs> you know why? Because uh, I believe there's more professionals and more experts uh, that can take up roles. And there's different, I mean, there's different phases of development and there's different phases of expertise. Just like uh, Google is a great example, right? When they hired uh, uh, Eric Schmidt to be the CEO because they didn't have the two co-founders, didn't have the experience to to build uh, corporate structures in in place when you're talking about billions and billions of dollars. Um, So uh, just as as we conclude, I wanted to to make a point um, uh, like uh, Eric shared with us. If you're if you're uh, if you listen to this podcast and and you're uh, you are interested in a partnership, do feel free to reach out. The website of Park and Parcel is parknparcel.com.sg. Uh, you can find Eric on social media. You will find them. We will include the links in the in the podcast. He's very fast to reply, uh, and he's a very open guy, as you probably could tell from this um, interaction. So. People in, in, in Bangkok, people in uh, Hong Kong, people in, in Japan, as you've heard him, maybe Korea, uh, feel free to, to reach out. Um, it's been a pleasure having you with us. And thank you for the sharing, Erin. Okay, thank and, you. And, and wishing you all the best in the journey. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow us on radopalamaru.com slash podcast for all the show notes, links, and extra tips covered in the interview. Make sure also to subscribe to our emailing list to get the news in the nick of time. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes or Stitcher and you like what we do, please kindly review and give us five stars so we can keep the energy flowing and get more people to find out about our podcast. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me to stay tuned for our latest uh, articles as well as future guests for the podcast and if you have any suggestions or any other idea please feel free to write to me i respond to all and also please make sure not to miss our next episode where we will be having a few other c-level and top leaders in supply chain joining us stay tuned